0: Welcome to a new episode of the Film at Lincoln Center podcast. This week, we're
1: featuring a preview in anticipation of Art of the Real 2020, an essential showcase for the most vital and innovative voices in nonfiction and hybrid filmmaking, rescheduled from its original dates in April for November 13th to 26th. Join the co-programmers of Art of the Real, FLC Director of Programming Dennis Lim, FLC Programmer at Large Rachel Riggs, and program advisor Alma Dana Escobar Lopez, along with FLC programmer Dan Sullivan, for an in-depth preview of this year's edition, discussing all the envelope pushing highlights, under the radar sleepers, and much more. Art of the Real is proud to continue its collaboration with curated streaming service MUBI for the fifth consecutive year. Now let's get to the conversation presented by HBO. Uh,
0: good evening, everyone. Uh... Thanks for joining us. Uh, I'm Dan Sullivan. I'm a member of the programming team uh, here at Film at Lincoln Center. Uh, just want to welcome you all to this the uh, the first talk uh, that'll be associated with our uh, our annual festival uh, Art of the Real, which is uh, kicking off uh, in its uh, in this exciting new virtual iteration uh, tomorrow. Um, So yeah, uh, I have some very special guests uh, here with me who I'll introduce in a moment. But first, just a quick bit of housekeeping. Um, I want to thank HBO, the year-round presenter of Film at Lincoln Center's uh, talks. Uh, I also want to thank MUBI, a valued partner of Art of the Real, for the fifth consecutive year. So uh, yeah, we appreciate their commitment. yeah, so so Art of the Real typically takes place in late April. Uh it of course did not this year. We have uh, uh postponed it and until now when we're ready to begin. It's kind of it's uh this virtual iteration of it. Um and we just wanted to uh, sort of go through uh a little bit of the history of the festival just to kind of set the table for uh what you're all going to see. Uh Uh, from this year's lineup and then maybe we'll get into some of the um, thematic strands and and highlights and and we also want to take any uh, questions that you all might have so uh, uh, please do feel free to use the Q&A function at the uh, bottom of Zoom uh, to send us questions that uh, I can put to our panelists who I'm now going to introduce First, my colleague, uh, Dennis Lim, Director of Programming at Film at Lincoln Center. Um, Hi, Dennis. Hi, Dan. (laughs) And another one of my colleagues, Rachel Rakes, uh, Program at Large for Film at Lincoln Center. Um, Another one of the founding co-programmers of this festival. Hi, Rachel.
2: Hello.
0: (laughs) And we're also joined by Almudena Escobar-Lopez, who worked on this year's edition as a program advisor. Hello, Almudena all right um so yeah let's let's begin by looking back and uh i think we don't normally love to to take this retrospective uh sort of um angle but um when talking about new programs at least but in this case i you know it's impossible not to i think because this festival typically takes place in uh in april um you know it was programmed and and so on uh, back then, but now, you know, circumstances, of course, forced us uh, to move things around. And uh, it's kind of, I feel like it's kind of impossible to talk about what's coming up without talking, without looking back in some way. So um, uh, Dennis and Rachel, maybe we could just begin by talking about some of the uh, kind of considerations or, um, you know, the things that were on your mind that kind of precipitated the uh, creation of are the real uh, this, is the seventh edition of the festival. So, um, so whatever you can remember uh, would be useful. (laughs)
2: Um, I can start, I guess, Um, I think, you know, at the time we were thinking of what was more of a, the beginning or an emerging strand of, of, you know, hybrid cinema works and more, and kind of a revival of more uh, experimentation with with documentary non-fiction forms that we were seeing starting from like say maybe 2010 on um that the documentaries that were taking this kind of that were like abandoning uh this kind of mass sort of narrative documentary um approach and and taking different forms of experimentation um and different kinds of you know uh mixing uh fiction and non-fiction Uh, doing kinds of mixing sort of traditional experimental film aesthetics and tactics with um, investigations into the real. We started to see this as like um, something that was happening all over the world and something that we could sort of call something and, uh, you know, put it into put these things together um, as their own kind of as their own kind of festival because at the time they were kind of unclassifiable um there was they were either things that didn't quite fit into a documentary festival almost didn't fit into an experimental festival maybe had their own strand in uh more of a kind of larger you know more narrative focused uh, you know mainstream festival but we didn't feel like had a home necessarily um i think in the in the years since then uh I think the if you can call it a genre not really but these these approaches have kind of grown and 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 spread and there are many sort of many more filmmakers dealing in this way and so um we're now at a time where yeah where where we feel like there's so much more that we can deal with and we're almost wondering if if we are an other anymore or where these fit so i can start it off in that kind of more vague uh, sense of the approach, maybe
3: Dennis can continue with the more. Yeah, yeah um no, I think that's that's very well put um Rachel, and actually, I should note um Dan, you should also uh, jump in to maybe um plug the holes in our memory since you've actually worked on i think uh, every single one of these editions with uh, Rachel and me, so you you may remember certain things um, but I think that's that's true i mean the the main impulse for creating this program was because we felt that was there was a need for it. we felt that certain films um were in danger of being overlooked for um, precisely for being hard to classify. Um, but I think we also wanted to make a case that um, documentary nonfiction was really fertile ground for experimentation, and for innovation, for you know, some of the most interesting and maybe some of the most political, um, politically engaged films that were being made um, at the time. Um, And something that we've also wanted to do is to maybe make clear that this isn't necessarily a new um, impulse. Um, So we've always had a retrospective component um, in every edition. There isn't one in this this particular rescheduled 2020 edition, but we can talk a little bit more about why that is and and what what we're actually hoping to do um, for next year's. but, you know, the first edition, we did a focus on the sensory ethnography lab, and we invited um, the filmmakers associated with, with um, the lab to put a carte blanche, a historical program together. We, you know, our, our our selection was recent and contemporary films, but we also threw in, like, some older films that we thought were important that were hard to see that hadn't shown very uh, much at the time. Uh, so it was about just asserting that there is this, this, um especially in the uh, maybe even U.S. or North American landscape that there was um, a need to expand our sense of what we mean when we talk about documentary um, and also to make the case that this that there is a rich uh, tradition of um, nonfiction work that is in some ways experimental um, you know takes risks um, in terms of um, in terms of formal choices. Um, and in terms of, in terms of how the program has evolved i don't really know if i have um an answer to that um, like a straightforward answer to that but um i you know we we program obviously in response to to what's out there um and i don't think we necessarily have like thematic um you know themes in mind when we start the process but as you know as we'll talk about, I think we we did notice certain themes this year, um, and that's sort of how we are dividing up um, our our talks uh, that we'll be doing over the course of the festival. But um, yeah. if you want to jump in, Dan or or Almadena.
0: my memory is worse than your than both of yours. Okay. So you know, <laughs> I think we're. But it might be worthwhile to look outward. You know. Seven editions of Art of the Real, one has to assume that the landscape, the sort of um, non fiction film object landscape has changed, the uh, the festival landscape, the gallery, museum, and so on landscapes. Um, I'd be curious to hear from the two of you, considering um, how this kind of informs what you're able to show in any given years. Like, what are, do you have any like sort of impressions on the way that this? Landscape has kind of changed over the last seven years, and that's gotten us to this point. Or,
2: yeah, I guess maybe echoing a little bit about what I was saying before is that I think there are there are a lot more homes, maybe for the films, the kinds of films that we were showing early on, and are still and maybe are still showing, uh, which is which is great, which means you know more more discourse, more possibility, um, and and. Yeah, there's kind of more more capacity within several different um, yeah kinds of exposition, whether that's attached to um, to contemporary art or or within um, yeah say maybe a, a more mainstream documentary festival or a mainstream festival um, in itself. There's some sense of like this being um, even if unnameable. Like there, it's it's always it's always defined in terms of an other, I guess. Like there's documentary and then there's like the weird or experimental or formally challenging or something documentary but but it still gets a place now uh where I did it before and so um yeah I would say that that's that's a big difference um I also say yeah I guess in terms of the way we've been organizing things um from the beginning we've been sticking with this um with this approach of showing works that um that uh, travel within within the cinema showing all their works uh sometimes organized in retrospectives but sometimes arbitrarily just because it sort of you know we, we find out there's a restoration or there's a discovery uh with these uh with you know things like Derek Jar- Jarman or um Tom Anderson just like there's there's an opportunistic moment to be like okay well let's have a talk around this and we've also always shown uh works uh that Usually, we're more comfortable within contemporary art, which I'm not sure how many other festivals have been doing for that long. But um, from from the first year when we did a program with um, Amy Siegel, we've been doing kind of more uh, extensive talks um, and programs with works that would be, yeah, that would be for uh, the different, the sort of black box environment or an installation environment, and trying to kind of bring those into the cinema space and see what that does. Um, also thinking about works that maybe like really prioritize sound that are often shown in contemporary art and giving them a chance to be played in, a, a, you know, in beautiful like 5.1 in a cinema and have that experience of actually listening, to, you know, listening to a sound-focused work, uh, you know, in the dark, you know, over, you know, over time in that way. Um, so I guess that's something that we've been doing, and and you know, after this, you know, sort of funny year, we'll continue um, this idea of like, yeah, always always contextualizing uh, with the past and keeping those things, you know, keeping that, those things, those antecedents present. And um, yeah, and otherwise just um, we're pretty like loose around what we sort of qualify as a, a film that fits into Art of the Real. Um, and maybe that changes a bit every year, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know how to necessarily define that at this point.
3: Yeah, and I, you know, I think um, I, I agree with Rachel that it's um, I think there are more um, possible showcases for a lot of the work that we're interested in, which I think is a good thing. And even at, you know, um, in terms of Lincoln Center year on programming, I think a lot of the work that some of the work that we show in the New York Film Festival or new directors, new films could have shown in Art of the Real. So I think it's just about figuring out what it makes for a balanced um, program year to year. Cool. Um-
0: so why don't we um, why don't we stop looking back and start looking ahead uh, to uh, this year's okay. edition, which begins tomorrow? Um, uh, first of all, I think it might make sense to kind of like um, to kind of set up the discussion to come to maybe just take like this broader view of the program, and um, all three of you I think could uh, could probably speak to some of the um, to like some of the thematic um strands within within um the program. Um we of course we don't go into formulating the program with like preconceived notions of what we want the festival to be about, but then once the the program's done, inevitably it, it's probably about something. So um so yeah, I mean what what and also it doesn't have to just be like now that I think about it, it doesn't really just have to be thematic concerns. We can also talk about like um films that share um aesthetic strategies, which are probably just as important. So, um, so yeah, what are some of the kind of um, where some of these kind of commonalities or threads that viewers can kind of like, you know, latch onto over the next couple of weeks and explore?
1: Well, I think there is, well, there's a lot of connections. But first of all, there is a very um, big presence of landscape and nature, but also, which is always being present in documentary, I guess, but there is an idea of interspecies and relationality between who lives in these places how they react to these places and how one thing influences each other in relationship with economic structures and where we are right now i think that's a common thread that you can see throughout in a lot of the films and also about what it means to live together what it means to be in a community and if you put if you put this in a in a political context also I think it really responds to the idea of what it means, what is sovereignty? It, is it something that is a social contract or is it something that it, it has to do with who lives where and it has to do with the body and it has to do with the landscape and with something bigger that is not just the Western concept of social contract. I think that's present in a lot of the films. Do you want to yeah, talk
2: about Yeah, I was going to
1: say if you want
2: to talk about it.
3: Maybe, maybe, maybe we should mention a few of those films, people who are interested.
1: Mm-hmm like for instance cenote right which is um is looking uh from um is looking at the yucatan area the sinkholes in the yucatan area which are geographical spots right and how they speak of something else they they are echoes of 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 the mayas that lived in these spaces or Mothni from skyhopinga right which is is um, making present or or doing a um, using poetic forms to to really reflect on uh, mythology and how mythology is present in the body of the people that moves through these spaces, but also expressing on not expressing on non-human objects that are in museums or that are in others in other places. So those are two examples that come to mind that I'm really excited about this year um, that really make a difference in the way of how landscape is thought through. And communities
3: as well. Yeah, I think several other films you could apply that to um, as well, like um, Ezekiel Bianco's *La Vida en Común* and um, uh, *Bird Island*. You know, we ha- I think there's the natural world is, is, is very, very present um, in, in, in the selection this year. Um, I also want to just mention we, we don't have a, a panel organized on this topic Um, but um, Rachel was talking about sound um, and I think there's a lot of like sound is is really important I think in in, in many of the films um, that we're showing. Um, uh, In the very first edition we did um, a sort of a listening session I guess with Ernst Carroll and he has um, uh, a a work that he's co-directed with um, Veronica Kusuma-Yati called Expedition Content. It's um, an augmented sound work uh, an almost imageless film, um, and I think it's just, you know, one of several uh, several titles in the lineup where sound is important, where voice is important, where language is important, um, with a spoken word, um, you know, oral histories, oral traditions, I think that's important in Sky Hopenka's film as well, also in um, Josh Bonetta's film, The Two Sites, which is also a landscape films. So there are a lot of these sort of inter, you know, overlapping, uh, overlapping uh, thematic concerns uh, that I think many of the films um, approach in in really interesting ways. Which is one reason we thought it would be great to sort of put several of these filmmakers, you know, in conversation uh, with one another in, in these talks.
2: Um, another sound soundscape work that uh, that I'll flag not not landscape so much but um just because Sarah Rinlands, Those at a Distance has mm-hmm. this amazing soundtrack of um yeah just this amazing mix of um various processes of labor and work and craft uh be it be it kind of a a really a really t- sort of turned up um track of the work itself or the kind of conversations that happen, uh, between laborers over that work. It's a super beautiful, beautiful work that kind of zeroes in on the, the act of, the act of crafts and, and and the act of kind of the making, uh, and tr- like sort tr- of a transformation of objects.
0: Um, since, since, uh, Dennis just mentioned it, we, we might as well get into it now. We, maybe we can, um, introduce, um, the, uh, the, the change that we've made, uh, the, well, the way that we're going to be doing the uh, talks uh, in this year's festival, it's, it's, um, it's a bit different uh, than what we've done before, but it's kind of a logical, you know, in other ways, it's kind of, there's a lot of uh, continuity. So um, I don't know, could, uh, did one of you want to sort of introduce um, this new format just so that people know what to expect over the next couple of
3: weeks? Um, sure. I mean, I think, you know, one thing we felt, one thing that's been really missing from these online festivals, which is um, a fact of life in 2020. um, And I think obviously there are a lot of benefits to this and in terms of, you know, accessibility and and being able to reach um, audiences, um, beyond who is typically able to, you know, buy a and come to a cinema. Um, One thing we're really missing is, is just this element of, of liveness and of, of this communal interaction, um, you know, we did the New York Film Festival online, and and um, a lot we pre-recorded every single you know introduction and, and, and QA. Q and A, and we wanted to not do that uh, for for this festival, um, and you know, do something that we didn't in, in for the New York Film Festival as well, which is which I thought worked really well was the live talks where we brought different configurations of filmmakers together. Um, and so not every single um, filmmaker, feature filmmaker in the lineup is able to join us, unfortunately, because of um, extreme time differences uh, that would make it pretty tough for some people. Um, but I think most of our feature filmmakers, um, maybe in a couple of shorts filmmakers, will also be, be joining us um, starting on Saturday. Um, and for each one, I think we have like at least three filmmakers in conversation, um, and we have various groupings. Um, that um, I don't know, Rachel, if you want to talk a little bit about some of those.
2: Yeah, it was actually a nice, a nice kind of exercise to find some of the um, some of the commonalities and also some of the kind of present urgencies in in some of the works. Um, I'm thinking about uh, looking back and. It's it's not that it's not that far in in actual time since um, you know originally we selected these films say in like January December, but it's been a long long year, <laughs> um, and it feels it feels like a kind of time travel to look at the, these works again ahead of this festival, and especially um, I was thinking especially that we have a program uh, called communities and social forms uh, which is coming up next. Next Friday, um, which has so much, um, it's so much around, um, you know, ha- kind of happenstance interaction, um, I, thinking about um, Ignacio mean, Guerrero's I Never Climbed Provencia, which is this, this, you know, beautiful investigation of, you know, his own, the people in his own neighborhood, uh, who, many of whom have been there their whole lives. Um, and Here for Life, this kind of un, un, like ensemble of, of you know, people who sort of just come together in this, in this work. Um, and these things for me feel like just way more kind of right on the surface, way more like just this like, oh yeah, people, people coming together and making something like in a spontaneous way or meeting on the street and chatting, like these things some, somehow feel differently urgent. I don't know if, Amelina, um, you wanna talk about any of the other programs or any other talks?
1: Yeah, um, I think, I mean, I was thinking about uh, more than human relations as one the other theme program that I'm pretty excited about. I can't remember now the date. Um, I don't have it in front of me. I was looking at it. The 21st. The
0: 20,
1: yeah, they are, they are happening Friday, Saturday, Um, starting this week and then the week after. Um, just so people know about the four talks. Um, But I'm, for instance, uh, Sarah's film, I don't know if we full title here, so Those at a Distance Resemble Another, uh, how with such a, well, no, I don't want to say simple because it, it was a lot of work into it, just the setup of it, right? And a, a lot of the work that she put on it, learning how to handle and how to restore and how to create these replicas of objects, but how the deep reflection that she's doing, right? Or how how do we live through things or how cinema can, can bring A window to a reality or how it's recreating a reality and how can we think about the copy of things and what is it that we look through in this in this windows in this zoom in this how our life comes into as well when I'm here you're seeing my room right or how and and how do we approach reality really and how what are the copies of reality that we are actually living through so I think that's one of the things that I think the more, especially when we watched it in January, and when I watch it now, the more I think about it. And also working in a museum. I work in a museum and uh, and I work there, but I'm not there. I'm working from home now. And what does that mean? You know, I think it's it's a very I the, the more I watched it, the more I think it is a very relevant film. Also thinking about the gestures, also thinking about what is it in the gestures, the, the nails that she's wearing, not painted, and um, and all these different things that seem to be not that evident, but are, are there. And the focus attention that requires, right? That now more than ever, I think it is a very different way of attention that we have now watching films through the computer, right? If we think about it. So I think it is a very relevant film to watch now and a very, in this context specifically, it's always relevant, but in this context, I think it has a lot to, to bring. Mm-hmm
0: it might be a good moment actually to, to sort of like train our focus on something that both Dana and Rachel just, um, brought up this kind of, um, this pretty unique experience for all of us of like, um, this program having been done, uh, before, uh, before the fall, uh, as it were. And, um, and now we're, I mean, like the, I mean, like the biblical, uh, fall, not the, like, oh, uh, not the season. Um, but, um, But I mean, uh, yeah, I don't know. So we're in this weird position of, I think we had, we all had like impressions uh, of these films way back when, and uh, we're in a pretty different place now. So I'm just wondering if uh, the three of you have had any kind of, um, have you been sort of like thinking comparatively just about like, we're well, not even comparatively, but just sort of reflecting on, you know, what these films, what some of these films represent to you now versus what they did uh, back when we programmed the festival.
2: There are a lot of ways to go with this. Um, there, uh, you know, we could say, uh, for instance, um, A Shape of Things to Come by Lisa Maloa and J.P. uh, which is about a um, kind of uh, loner, loner prepper um, outsider on, on 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 the US uh, border um, has a t- certain different, uh, kind of intense intense resonance right now um, in it probably seen at any, any point in, over the last year would have a different one but especially at this moment of uh, such in increased uh, divisiveness in, in in the US um, and one version of an attempt to kind of escape escape all of it um, and yeah, and, and leave off of the crib but, but also um, yeah, also in like a, a, a deep and almost kind of frightening solitude. I think that would be that's that's a film that would be newly resonant for me. Um, you know, otherwise, yeah, there are so many um, from from like to speak, I guess personally, I I um, spend a lot of a lot of the inside time getting to know the like objects and plants and things and things around me in more intimate ways. So there are a lot of um of the you know the more kind of coma restrained um portrait films like Hassan Farani's um or Alexander Cuesta's notes and prints on love uh that just train their eye on say one person or kind of a mundanity that also speaks to me differently now. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, I think another another sort of thread running through the program is a lot of film. A lot of films deal with solitude or absence in some way, which obviously are in a really fun way. (laughs) In a really, in a really, in a a very, uh, yeah, in 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 a really intelligent uh, way. Um, And I think obviously these are themes that are newly resonant and relevant.
0: Um, if, if I can throw one in, uh, I, I would Please. say um, a uh, worker to whom does the world belong is a film I've thought I've thought about it, uh, you know, uh, a lot, especially considering the kind of um, the role that like the the role that like the American working class did or didn't play in the election that just happened. And um, the things that people were like saying about the working class in this country and so on. And I think um, Would already seem like a really impressive, you know, sort of this like gesture of connecting um, our intensely fraught present to and also fraught um, uh, past to sort of look for some insight like that. That um, that gesture just seems like especially profound to me now, especially considering how like you know, if we've all we've all had our minds, or at least in the U.S., like we've all had our minds on like politics um, for the last, you know in the run-up to the election. And that discussion is like, seems like pretty ahistorical a lot of the time. And so, um, yeah, the gesture of just, of actually talking about history and like looking looking to it for some sort of, um, to have some kind of like valence on on today just seems like really important. And to like actually do that and not in like a phony disingenuous way. So I would, I would throw that one in there.
2: Just to backtrack, so the film is about, um... <laughs> <laughs> uh, about yeah so uh, minor strikes in uh, Asturias in Spain uh, ahead of the Franco dictatorship so just to yeah to add that.
1: It also reflects you know on this idea of like where is the working class solidarity where is it you no know? it's reflecting on in Spain there was a time where all the miners were really together, that was what it would really know and uh, raise everyone together, which is totally relevant now, especially as Dan mentioned because of the election, no. Um, but not not only in, in, in the US. I think the lack of a working or the the this dream of the working class solidarity seems to be, you know, minding um, down, no, and uh, and now in this moment that we are all separated is when it seems that we're all and um, moaning this solidarity i felt like the film becomes especially for me i mean also being from there from specifically that area as <laughs> well i can totally relate yeah, yeah.
0: um let's see um and uh maybe we can kind of wrap it up by just um i mean we've talked about a number of titles um but um but it might be it might be useful just for people who don't know these films and so on to kind of call out um, just like a handful of, you know, a few highlights. Our- Before we
3: do that, um, Dan, uh, I do you, uh, Rachel and um, Almudina, you both took the lead on the shorts programming this year. And um, we have a really nice selection of shorts. Um, we have one shorts program that's showing actually for free. Um, so that's accessible to everyone. Um, and we also have um, shorts that are paired with uh, features. So, I mean, you we, we can talk about that or we can also just go to Dan's question and, and well, throw some shorts into We can probably we can probably do both recommendations.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think we can do both, but I also before we get into the recommendations, I want to um, I want to uh, put it in a word for our art for the Art of the Real all access pass, which uh, is is good value, 50 bucks.
3: Uh, Excellent value. value. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I mean the um, there's a really there are a couple of really nice pairings. Um, one is the Jessica Sarah Williams film um, that um, Amanda and I both mentioned, *Those at a Distance*, is paired with a film called *Bugs and Beasts Before the Law*, which is about a history of animal trials. Uh, that's yeah, that's just uh, just wild and a super uh, super interesting pairing. This like this, this the idea of sort of you know animals animals as people, objects as ob- objects as sort of active uh, in the two different works are really I think that's really exciting for me. It would be one, and um, I would also hype. The shorts program um, as a as a through run thing to to see. Um, there's there's uh, there's various kind of overlapping highlights of you know of like eco eco speculation, um, various kinds of yeah, different kinds of yeah, not just eco futurisms but kind of personal um creative futurisms um aliens and different kinds of sci-fi tropes um yeah it's 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 fun and wild and very rich so um and it's free so i would really recommend that for them
1: yeah and uh feminism as well from no anyas uh anyas triselina uh, short all things equal for instance right talking about um, it's, it's, um is a found footage film with material from um, uh, talking about women in the in, in russia and in the eastern world so she's, she's editing them all um, in a film and then there's morgan quentin's missing time as well which is also with found footage there's a number of films with found footage that i think are really, are really really exciting um and then also another pair that i wanted to mention that i think we talked a little bit about it but i think it's a highlight for me at least is um Bird Island by Sergio da Costa and Maya Cosa, which is a pair with Sun Garden by Jamie Cha, which to me, that, that short was, I think, is beautifully done. And he puts together the short, again, he um, puts together um, a counselors, woman counselors, talking about different mental situations with their patients, together with trees that are built in um, to bring into urban environments, so it's a really nice uh, meditation on anxiety, personal anxiety in relation to what is happening environmentally or what is happening in a city, um, and and putting both things together in a in a in discussion. And I think it's a really n- nice pairing as well. If you think about Bird Island, right, where there is this relationship between. Uh, the animals and the people that were helping these animals and how they actually need each other so much. know, it's not only the birds that need the help from the people, but also um, the persons that need the, the birds to have a purpose. So I, I, I think it's a, both of those films are a wonderful meditation right now to think about what we're doing with what it is around us and how we're feeling and the anxiety that we're living right now.
3: Um, I think we've already mentioned <laughs> Almost every film in the lineup, but uh, I will just note that you know we've always had a pretty um, robust Latin American presence in art of the real um, and this year we have um, again actually it's mostly it's almost all Argentina um, but uh, we do have um, some three three and a half if you count Jessica. Uh, uh, Sarah Renlund's, which is an Argentine co-production. Um, but I want to, yeah, I think I'll just call out that very strong Argentinian contingent of films, um, which uh, we have Eloisa Solas the the faculties, which is um, a sort of verite observational film about students preparing for the final exams. But I think it's one that really... He Demonstrates just the possibilities of that observational mode um, done done well. Um, as uh *La vida en común*, which we've talked about, which I think is a really interesting um, way to approach hybrid uh, filmmaking. I think he 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 thinks about it in in a really smart um, and effective way. And then the third one is um, John Jonathan Perel's *Corporate Accountability*, which I think is one of the sharpest like political films in in, in the lineup. It's about um, something that that Johnny has dealt with in his other films, the history of the um military dictatorship in um Argentina Dan, do you have any favorites um they're all they're
0: all my favorite dennis but um <laughs> but i'll put it in a word for uh a film i don't think we've mentioned yet um suzanne Duvaux, the louisa Hamim um film this is um sort of a historical you know portrait uh documentary um uh, it's about a, a french geographer and adventurer recounting her life uh loves like trials tribulations the ground she covered and it also gets into um it gets into her own sort of her her understanding of feminism it it has to deal with like her reflections on modernity it's um it's a film that contains a lot uh and i think um uh, yeah, it really, it, I mean, this will sound corny, but it like really is a, a trip to, to watch it. So anything you want to add before we, uh, before they chase us out?
2: Yeah. Come to the talks and then that'll help to also, you know, plan, plan some of your agenda from there. Starting uh, Saturday, day after.
3: Nothing else really. All access passes, it's a great deal. I mean, there's a lot to discover in this lineup. Um, 16 film
0: or 16 plus films for 50 bucks can't beat that kind of can't beat <laughs> that kind of value uh, all right uh yeah all right thank Good you all see you all on the day to come